This is HPR episode 1672 entitled Systemed for Learner Drivers. It is hosted by Steve Smithurst and is about 21 minutes long. The summary is how to drive systemed without crashing the vehicle through arguing with your passenger. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. This is Steve Smethurst for Hacker Public Radio. Today I'm going to talk about System D. Now it's a subject that attracts some controversy, but I'm not today going to be controversial, I hope. Many Linux systems are moving away from System 5 in it and adopting System D instead. Both Linuxes that I use, Fedora and Mint, have adopted System D. And I understand that Debian has now forked to allow both sides of the argument to have their way. I'm not going to get into the debate here. My personal stance is that I see both sides of the argument. And I'm going to continue to perch myself firmly on top of the fence until System D either proves itself or fails to do so. In this HPR, I'm going to try to fill a gap that I have seen in the System D discussion. That is how to operate it. I'm not an expert on System D. I have just tried to work it, and in doing so, I have fished around in my file system and in documentation. If you want to know what I found, then keep on listening. By way of opening, I will remind myself, and you also, of what System D is replacing. Sys5initd works with run levels, the most common being run level 5, for graphical multi-user networked system, run level 3, for command line multi-user networked, run level 1, for a single user, run level 6, to reboot, and run level 0, to halt. In moving to a run level, unwanted services are shut down, and wanted services are started up. For most users, on most systems, the most appropriate default run level is 5, giving multi-user, GUI and networking. Services can be started and stopped on demand by iNetD. Now systemd works quite differently. It has target units. For most users on most systems, the most appropriate default target is the graphical target, which does a similar thing to run level 5. Units are configured by unit configuration files. These files may start other units and stop other units. They can impose sequence and dependencies. There is a lot of cascading going on, with unit launching unit launching unit. 
units also can be stopped and started on demand by System D. The term unit refers to a resource that System D is taking under its control. There are 12 types of unit. SystemD.Service This type starts and stops daemons. SystemD Socket This type activates network connections. SystemD Device That activates kernel devices. SystemD Mount this controls mount points. Systemd Auto Mount. This provides on-demand mounting of file systems. Systemd Swap. This does for swap what Systemd Mount does for file systems. Systemd Scope. That starts and stops external processes. Systemd Target. That seems to group units together rather like run levels. Systemd Snapshot. This saves and restores the momentary state of the computer. Systemd Timer. These trigger units based on some date or time event. Systemd Path. These trigger units based on changes in file system objects. And lastly, Systemd Slice. And this organises units in a hierarchical tree of C groups for resource management purposes. Now I have yet to get my head around C groups so I can't really say a lot about that. The files that System D uses live in four locations. Unit files called by System D live in uh, slash Etsy slash System D slash System. But these are mostly symbolic links to real unit files stored in slash user slash lib, slash systemd, slash system. There is also a parallel slash etsy, slash systemd, slash user structure, which doesn't actually seem to do anything on my computer. So for now, I'm just pretending it's not there. And finally, there is slash run, slash systemd, slash system. This structure appears to contain runtime configuration files with names like session-1234.scope where 1234 is the session number. Scope units are the type that control external processes but the files don't seem to contain much data. The next thing we need is directives. The unit configuration files contain directives to start and stop units and directives that cascade to other unit configuration files that also start and stop dependent units. Directives may impose conditions on whether or when to call a unit. There are a whole bunch of different directives listed in the man page for systemd.unit. What I'm going to tell you about is just a few. First, there is the requires directive. This gives a list of units required to start. If any of these required units fails to start, then this unit aborts. The next directive is conflicts. This is a list of units which are required to stop. The after directive and the before directive give the order in which units are supposed to start. And then there is the wants directive. This is a list of units also required to start, but if any of these fail, 
then this unit continues on anyway. As well as wanted units listed by the wants directive, there may also be a wants directory below the unit directory. So the unit conf file slash etsy slash systemd slash system slash default dot target will cause two further unit conf files to be read in from the slash etsy slash systemd slash system slash default dot target dot wants directory. Each required unit and wanted unit from the directives, as well as those in the wants directory, are added to a job queue. If directives cascade to other unit files containing more directives, then all of these dependencies are also added to the job queue. A directive may start or stop another unit, or may change the detail of a job already in the queue. All directives ultimately cascade down to a starting or stopping one of the base units listed in slash user slash lib slash systemd slash system. To get a feel for how all this pans out in practice, I'm going to walk us through the cascade of unit files from boot up. First, the default target is activated, which in my system is just a link to graphical.target. The unit configuration file for graphical.target contains a unit section with the word unit in square brackets and a list of seven directives. Description equals graphical interface. Documentation equals man colon systemd.special bracket seven close bracket. Requires equals multi-user.target. After equals multi-user.target. Conflicts equals rescue.target. Wants equals display-manager.service. Allow isolate equals yes. The effect of these directives is to start multi-user.target, to start display-manager.service, and to stop rescue.target. Also, we have a wants directory, slash etsy, slash systemd, slash system, slash graphical.target.wants. And this starts the accounts-daemon.service for logging, and the rtkit-daemon.service for real-time scheduling. The graphical target cascades also to multi-user.target, which its unit configuration file contains the word unit in square brackets, followed by description equals multi-user space system, documentation equals man colon systemd.special bracket seven close bracket, requires equals basic.target, conflicts equals rescue.service space rescue.target, after equals basic.target space rescue.service space rescue.target, allow isolate equals yes. This has the effect of cascading to 
the basic.target unit and to stopping the rescue.service unit and also to stopping again the rescue.target unit which was previously also stopped by the graphical target. In addition to the wants in multi-user.target there is a whole shed of more wants in the slash Etsy slash systemd slash system slash multi-user.target.wants directory including Avahi, CronD, Corpse, Network Manager, NFS and loads of others. Graphical.target also cascades to displaymanagers.service which is not present on my system so I guess I don't really need it. I'm not going to continue reading aloud any more of the config files. They're mostly of a similar structure to those I've read already. Now I'm just going to tell you which units are being started by each of these targets. So, multi-user.target cascaded to basic.target, which itself cascades to sysinit.target, sockets.target, timers.target, paths.target, slices.target and firewallD.service. Basic.target also cascaded to sysinit.target which itself cascades to local-fs.target, swap.target, dmraid-activation.service, iSCSI.service, lvm2-monitor.service and multipathd.service which looks like all the uh, file system demons being started. Now we start approaching some of the endpoints. These are systemd.sockets, systemd.timer, systemd.path, systemd.slice, systemd-fstab-generator. By the time all of that is finished, if I type in the command system control space lists dash units space dash dash type space service I see that there are 58 services listed as running. If you're going to work with system D you must be able to give it instructions. In system D parlance an active service is running currently in use and a loaded service is enabled available for use. These terms crop up in the output from commands. Many instructions are given to systemd by the system control command spelled S-Y-S-T-E-M-C-T-L. Now to compare some system5 init tasks with their systemd equivalent. If you want to check the status of for example the Bluetooth service, in system5 we type service space bluetooth space status in system d we type system control space status space bluetooth if you want to start the bluetooth service in system 5 we type service space bluetooth space start in system d we type system control space start space bluetooth if we want to stop the Bluetooth service in System 5, we type service space Bluetooth 
space stop. And in system D we type system control space stop space Bluetooth. Now we have a bit of a change. If you want to enable a service in some run levels, for example NTPD on levels 3 and 5, we would type check config space dash dash level space 3 5 space NTPD space on. Then in system D we would type system control space enable space NTPD. Likewise to disable NTPD in system 5 we would type check config space dash dash level space 35 space NTPD space off. Whereas in system D we would type system control space disable space NTPD. Much has been said about the desirability or otherwise of system D's binary log format. But we are given these so we better know what to do with them. Journal instructions are given to system D by the journal control command spelled J-O-U-R-N-A-L-C-T-L. Here are some of the commands. To view all log entries in one go, we type journal control. Now this is a verbose output. Mine came out at about 9,000 lines and you may want to be a bit more specific. So, to view from a specific date, type journal control space dash dash since equals quote 2014-05-07 close quote. To view all the kernel logs, type journal control space dash k. To follow a log in real time, type journal control space dash f. Once you're there, you can press control c to quit. To view log entries associated with the given PID, type journal control space underscore uppercase PID equals then the process number. To view log entries associated with a given service, for example Bluetooth, type journal control space dash u space Bluetooth. Now I've only really scratched the surface of telling system D what to do. There's a whole load more commands and there's a load of technical detail that I really ought to get my head round. Just to mention a few extra bits of how to get information out of system D. You can get or set system information, a bit like the uname command but more verbose, using hostname control spelt H-O-S-T-N-A-M-E-C-T-L. You can get and set time zone and time date information with time date control, T-I-M-E-D-A-T-E-C-T-L. If you want to know what service units system D has available to it, we type system control space lists dash units space dash dash type space service space dash dash all. This gives us a list of all the services available to system D on the system. If you want to know which services are currently active, you type 
system control space lists dash units space dash dash type space service. These two last commands are equivalent to ls space slash etsy slash init.d to get a list of all the services available to system 5 and check config space dash dash list to see which service are configured to run in each run level. In compiling this guide I've referenced man pages from systemd, systemd.unit, systemd control and systemd journal and there's a bunch of other man pages that are listed in the see also section of the man pages just mentioned. Other sources I've used I've listed in the show notes so go and take a look at those. Okay, I hope this has been useful to anybody trying to get their head around System D. This is Steve Smethurst for Hacker Public Radio. I'll see you again soon. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.